Well, if you had an adverse reaction to AstraZeneca the first time around, you can now get a shot of Moderna in Taipei. Wanfang Hospital runs one of the clinics that's now offering Moderna to people with proof of an adverse reaction. This proof can be a diagnosis from a medical professional, and it, it can also be a record of a report to the Centers for Disease Control. In related news, starting next month, clinics will offer Pfizer to those who had a first shot of AZ. This is Ms. Dai, who developed a rash in her calves and arms after her first shot of AstraZeneca. Three months after the vaccine, the rash still hasn't gone, leaving Ms. Dai unwilling to get a second dose of AstraZeneca. Upon hearing that Wanfang Hospital was offering Moderna for people like her, she rushed to book a shot. I saw that the Zhongxing branch was offering it, but by the time I got up in the morning, all 25 slots were booked. I called the 1999 hotline and they told me to hurry and try to book an appointment at Wanfang Hospital. It felt like it was a rush for concert tickets. On Tuesday, Wanfang Hospital opened a special vaccination clinic so that people who received AstraZeneca for their first shot can get Moderna for their second. Only 30 shots were up for grabs and they were all spoken for. Previously, only medical workers were eligible to mix and match the two vaccine brands. In the current vaccination round, mixing is allowed for people who had an adverse reaction to the first dose of AstraZeneca. This is Mr. Liao, who developed acute urticaria after his first shot of AstraZeneca. He made the trip to Taipei just for the vaccination clinic at Wanfang Hospital. After I received my first dose, I had a case of acute hives all over my body. It started becoming inflamed six or seven days after the injection. I came here from outside the city, from Taoyuan, about one and a half hours away. I had to set off really early in the morning. Recipients had to provide proof of an adverse reaction issued by a doctor or show a record of severe adverse reaction reports. People who failed to provide the necessary documentation were refused the shot. In Taiwan's 13th round of vaccination, people with a first shot of AZ will be offered the option of a second one of Pfizer. The CECC says that people who fail to show up for their appointment in the 12th round will have to wait until the 14th round to reschedule their shot. Taiwan's military R&D center has built a lower body exoskeleton that can improve soldier endurance on the battlefield. The power exoskeleton supports the lower body, taking strain, uh, strain off soldiers' knees and helping them carry heavy loads. The research center is also working on another exoskeleton to help soldiers with even heavier loads of up to 100 kilograms. With a 10-kilogram bumper plate in each hand, he squats and lunges effortlessly. It's all thanks to the support of a powered exoskeleton developed by the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology. It helps with squatting and standing movements. When you crouch, the system supports you, almost as if you were sitting on a chair. When you stand up, it detects your movements and it helps you, pushing you up, so you can lift up heavier objects. In early 2020, the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology launched a four-year project to develop powered exoskeletons for military use. The equipment is aimed at enhancing troop efficiency on the battlefield and decreasing fatigue. After nearly two years of development, the Institute has unveiled a lower body exoskeleton that can increase muscle stamina and reduce strain on the knees by half. 
Actually, right now I'm wearing most of my military gear. The exoskeleton can be integrated. This is an issue we investigated quite a bit. There's a good degree of integration with our military gear. When designing the battery, we had to consider both longevity and safety. This design can prevent heat propagation. To keep the system powered, we made it so it supports hot swapping. So when you're out of battery, you can quickly put in a new one without powering off the system. The institute is also developing another lower-body-powered exoskeleton that can help troops carry loads of up to 100 kilograms. Soldiers operating mortars need to carry mortar bases, which are very heavy. We want to find ways to lighten the load that soldiers have to transport. It could also be used to transport ammunition, such as the shells for the 105mm howitzers. Previously, two to four people would be required to transport them. We're investigating whether using an exoskeleton can lighten the load during transport. Amid the evolving threat landscape, Taiwan is developing more of its own military technology to boost the capabilities of its troops on the battlefield. American late-night talk show Last Week Tonight turned the spotlight on Taiwan last Sunday. The 22-minute episode covered everything Taiwan. Host John Oliver offered an amusing take on cross-strait tensions as well as Taiwan's complicated international status. Speaking about Taiwan's democratic journey, Oliver said that the island's 23 million people deserve the right to decide their own future. Our main story tonight concerns Taiwan. Last Sunday, popular HBO talk show Last Week Tonight dedicated 22 minutes of running time to Taiwan. Besides introducing it as the birthplace of bubble tea, the show also touched on the island's abundance of mascots. This is Sacred Fire Baby from 2013 National Games held in Taipei. It's a clip from a Formosa News report on Taiwan's mascot industry. In Sunday's episode on Taiwan, host John Oliver turned his satirical comedy on China's military harassment of Taiwan. He poked fun at Fast and Furious star John Cena, who made a profuse apology to China after he described Taiwan as a country. Every part of that is so weird. It's weird John Cena apologized to China. It's weird he did it for calling Taiwan a country. And it's weird to see him do it in pretty decent Mandarin. <laughs> That's just too many weird things. Oliver said that to avoid provoking China, Taiwan uses the name Chinese Taipei for the Olympic Games. He said that not everyone in Taiwan has warmed up to the arrangement. To illustrate, he threw to a clip of rock star turned lawmaker Freddie Lim. Our team, our national team being called Chinese Taipei. Some friends from overseas messaged me, saying I was on John Oliver's talk show. Through a very humorous approach, he's letting the international community learn more about Taiwan's predicament. On the show, Oliver walked viewers through cross-strait tensions, 400 years of Taiwan history, and the Chinese offensive against Taiwan on the global stage. He showed footage of lively fistfights breaking out at the legislative yuan. In the end, he concluded that the Taiwanese should be the ones who decide their own future. Taiwan is 23 million people who, in the face of considerable odds, have built a free democratic society and very much deserve the right to decide their own future in any way that they deem fit, even if that means sporadically beating the absolute shit out of each other. 
In 2018, Oliver made a joke about Chinese leader Xi Jinping on Last Week Tonight. As a result, his name and the program's name were censored on China's Twitter-like platform Weibo. In spending 22 minutes discussing Taiwan, Oliver is likely to once again infuriate Beijing. U Theater is a performance group in Taiwan that has made a name for itself through a dazzling combination of the theater, arts, and drumming. For more than 30 years,、uh, they have been delighting、uh, audiences with their live performances until the pandemic stepped between them. Faced with an existential challenge, the group came up with a new way to reach audiences, trying their hand at virtual performance in a new short film. For Mosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a preview. This is U Theater's first film. It was shot in the mountains of Jingguashi and presents the story of a mountaineer on a path of self-discovery. She plays the role of a city-dwelling mountaineer. On one of her mountain adventures, she comes across a group of people performing a zakizaya ritual. Mesmerized, she felt transported to another time and space, full of different gods. These gods then took her on a journey through different realms. Shooting a performance piece was actually really hard. Being on film is so much different from being live. Also, the filmmaker wanted to shoot a full scene in only one take, so we had to be on our game from start to finish. And if there was just a small mistake, we'd have to go back and do it all over again. Renowned filmmaker Zhang Haoran and his team captured breathtaking views of mountain, as well as seascapes that help bring awareness to the importance of living with nature. How do you go about coexisting and living in harmony with a natural environment? The key aspect of the film is restoring the potentiality of humans in a natural setting. This is a ritual movie, a new genre, a kind of ritualized or ceremonialized viewing experience. By watching it, we can take part in a ritualistic experience and feel how communities can go about peacefully coexisting with nature. I found a lot of objects in the foothills and on the beach, including driftwood, branches, and other bits of wood. I brought them back to the studio and pieced them together into the representation of a collective memory of our land. The troupe has been hit hard by the pandemic. Since the start of the Level Three COVID alert, every performance has had to be either cancelled or postponed. But even the darkest clouds have silver linings, and this troupe has been its dive into the realm of the virtual. Hopes are that the public will continue to support their work by showing up for both live and virtual performances. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Boutong in Taipei. Taiwan shares rose to, on Tuesday to close just above 17,000 points. The Taiex rose 0.83 percent, or 140 points, following a record surge on Wall Street. Largan Precision drove the rally, finishing up 7.2 percent on a stock buyback announcement. And analysts say the stock market still has room to run. More than 80% of the quarterly earnings reports were better than market expectations. So I think that over the short term, we won't have strong concerns about a potential slowdown in global economic growth. But as the market fluctuates up to 17,500 points, we'll have to be more careful. TSMC raised its prices, and so far, its clients haven't cancelled their orders. I think that this reflects the fact that over the medium to long term, the structural demand for semiconductors will continue. It's projected that in 2022, global foundry prices will continue to show an upward trend. 
Taiwan chipmaker TSMC announced this summer that it will raise chip prices by as much as 20 percent in 2022. UMC has indicated a 10 percent price hike in the first quarter, to be followed by adjustments each quarter after that. Powerchip and Vanguard International are also expected to raise prices by 10 percent in Q1, with adjustments to follow every six months. Eight Taiwanese technologies won the latest R&D 100 awards, which are known as the Oscars of Innovation. 25 countries participated this year, and Taiwan ranked second in the world and first in Asia. Three of the innovations were developed by the Industrial Technology Research Institute and Taiwan's leading R&D center. They include a 3D printing material that shortens recovery time for ligament repair. And there's also a machine that pulls drinking water from thin air. It's a thumbs up from Vice Minister of Economic Affairs Lin Chuan-nan, E-Tree President Edwin Liu, and industry representatives. Once again, Taiwan has won big at this year's R&D 100 Awards. Eight Taiwanese innovations were honored. E-Tree alone accounted for three of them. We won 44 awards in the last 14 years. 47 awards we add this year. Of these 47 awards, we have already transferred the technology for 41 innovations to private companies. As for this year's three innovations, we're already in collaborations with private companies. So we're not just developing technologies that make the R&D 100. We're also applying the result of our R&D to the market. This year, eTree's winning innovations include the ubiquitous water wand, which extracts water from air. It's a first-of-its-kind vapor-air separation equipment that provides ultra-clean drinking water. Another prize went to eTree for a 3D printing biomedical material. The material, which is used to repair ligaments, can shorten recovery times. eTree also won a nod for a software-enhanced robot joint, a powerful building block for customized robots. The Ministry of Economic Affairs Corporate Technology Development Program has long focused on promoting R&D, and this long-term cultivation has reaped results. But another important facet of this project is taking these award-winning technologies and supporting their industrialization and commercialization. That's our mission and our ambition. Taiwanese innovation is recognized once more. Through the commercialization of these new technologies, the MOEA aims to keep Taiwan shining bright on the global stage. Well, the price of gold is rising on global inflation fears. It's now trading above 1,800 U.S. dollars an ounce, the highest since September 14th. Speaking on the sidelines of a press conference, a Bank of Taiwan official was bullish on the precious metal. If it moves above 1,830 U.S. dollars, it will have a chance at 1,900 and even 1,930 U.S. dollars or higher. If inflationary pressures don't develop as expected, that is, if they don't persist as expected by the market, then the price could falter. But even so, as long as prices don't drop below 1,750 U.S. dollars, gold still has a chance at upward movement. Meanwhile, there's a rush to buy the Japanese yen as the currency hits a 23-year low against the new Taiwan dollar. Amid concerns of a yen shortage, the Bank of Taiwan said it has sufficient stores as it holds a one-month supply of banknotes at all times. But a bank official said Tuesday that the yen may fall even further, and so a better deal could come to buyers who wait. A new cycle route in Tainan's Guantian district is being touted as the perfect family holiday destination. 
The cycle route runs through fields of water chestnuts, past lots of cultural attractions and natural scenic spots. There's even a chance to see the pheasant trail of Jacana, one of Taiwan's most beautiful wading birds in its natural habitat. Cyclists enjoy a cool breeze as they whiz down the path through a water chestnut field. The sunlit ride is a perfect way to relax. This is a great place for families and couples to come bike riding. It's a cycle route with a garden vibe. There are water chestnut fields by the path. It's very suitable for a green holiday for families and children. You start here, and then there's a restoration area for the pheasant tail Jasana. The Jasana is also known as the Lingbo Ferry. September to December is the prime harvest season for water chestnut in Guantian District. In the water chestnut fields, parents can bring their kids down the cycle path, and if you're lucky, you might bump into our Lingbo Ferry. Another attraction of the area is the traditional drainage ditches between the fields. It's not a tiring ride because there aren't many slopes. There's lots of natural scenery to enjoy along the way. There's also beautiful things to see like the Guantian Tourist Center, the Pheasant Tail Jasana Restoration Area, and the Hata Yoichi Memorial Park as well as Ushantou Dam. It's lovely. Something rather special about the whole tourist route is that it brings together natural ecology, the drainage ditch culture, and historical architecture. As a tourist route with so many dimensions and such variety, it's a great trip for parents and children. In a bid to attract more tourists to cycling, the Department of Transportation plans to carry out a major upgrade of cycle routes all around Taiwan, integrating the network with diverse tourist attractions from 2020 to 2023. The Lingbo Guantian route is a garden route, meaning visitors can enjoy exercise, beautiful natural vistas, and local culture all at once. What better way to take in the beauty of the West Coast? Let's head now to Geelong to check out its thriving restaurant scene. As Geelong's immigrant population increases, the city benefits from the culinary heritage of its new citizens. Tonight, let's meet two couples with successful restaurants in the northern city that bring a new flavor to their neighbors' plates. The chef masterfully flips the dough back and forth in his hands, then sticks it to the side of the oven. Then comes out a crispy tandoori chapati, perfect with a spicy curry sauce. This authentic Pakistani cuisine is the creation of chef owner Ali. And get married to come, come to Taiwan. And here I like to make to food, something, and to hear people is so nice. And thank you. Ali and his wife, Li Peihua, met abroad before deciding to settle here in Geelong. Ali's decision to open a Pakistani restaurant was partly to cater to rigorous Islamic food standards. His shop is the only halal certified restaurant in Geelong. The halal certificate is very important because everything that Muslims eat, all the rules and requirements, anything connected to the food has to be completely separate from pigs. The chapatis are flavored with some spices that are quite unusual in Taiwan. This Pakistani cuisine opens up our international culinary horizons in Geelong. Meanwhile, at a nearby cafe, a loaf of Vietnamese French bread is dipped in European belly beef stew, a delicious pairing. There's also Vietnamese hotpot with beef hoe noodles. 
In Vietnam, you get it by the bowl. It's quite famous, beef pho. But here we developed it into a little hot pot so customers can dip meat into it. She wanted to have her own cafe, a simple cafe that didn't compromise its standards, so she needed to match some dishes to her drinks. Coco's Vietnamese cooking goes perfectly with a Taiwanese husband's homebrewed Vietnamese coffee. Sweet condensed milk is mixed in with a bitter coffee. Everything in life needs a little variety to fulfill its potential, and these restaurateurs make a delicious contribution to Geelong's culinary culture.